Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Hey, I'd love to ask you to check out the latest on iWorkRim. We're about ready to roll out a brand new website. It's taken us a little while, but hey, we are, you know, we're a nonprofit radio show. It takes some time to get stuff done, but we are rolling it out where it'll make it easier for you to join the iWorkRim Nation, easier to get uh, connected to the links for our uh, archives, for the podcast, easier to be able to get access to our blogs and the events that we're doing, and, and the connection, be able to listen live. All of those things will be much, much easier for you. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, and I just ask you to look for the I Work For Him Nation tab. And here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Christ followers all over the world to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name. And I say this every day, and I'll tell you why. Because prayer changes things. I will tell you that in 2006, I made a commitment when I got in my car to start commuting from Indian Rocks Beach to Orlando that I wasn't going to listen to the radio in the morning. I was going to pray for the people that mattered most to me, my family, my wife, my family, my coworkers and employees, the people that I touched each and every day, the friends that I've got. I just wanted to make sure that I was praying for them, and it gave me an opportunity to really look at life differently. And that's why I want you to pray for people, because when you pray for people, your heart starts to change. It's an amazing, an amazing event in your lives. And so I just I go out to iWorkForHim.com. No, you don't have to let me know if you're going to pray, but boy, it would be an encouragement to Martha and I to know that there are people who are praying alongside of us out there 
all over the world. You can email us, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. Either way, love to hear from you. Go out to the iworkforhim.com website and click on the Contact Us or the I Work For Him Nation tab. Any one of those works. As Christ followers, when we met Jesus, nothing Nothing about our lives has remained the same. Everything about us is changing. And when we reproduce the customs and the behaviors of this world, we're honoring the prince of this world, who is not Jesus. We're honoring people, we're honoring the enemy. But we need to just allow the Lord to shift our paradigm so we'll stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but then let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You're like, I'm going to learn how to change the way I think if I become a Christ follower. Yes. If you still think the same way you did before you quote unquote became a Christian, I will challenge you that I don't know how that's possible because when you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live within you. And when the Holy Spirit came to live within you, he started a massive reconstruction project. And each part of your life started going through Becoming renewed again. And if everything about you is still the same as it was before you um, became a Christ follower, then maybe you weren't really very serious about the commitment. Or maybe you just got a question. You don't know how to get started. And I talk to people all day long that are really struggling in their faith. They're not really sure what's going on. And honestly, a lot of times I don't have the answers, but I'll tell people this. You know, get on your knees and just start praying. You read your Bible. And just start praying. But any way you look at it, it, to be a Christ follower, it takes a lot of work. I mean, it's a major challenge in life. And, and so I just want to challenge you to start praying for your coworkers and employees, but to really dig deep into what does it mean to be a Christ follower. I'm amazed constantly at how many people who call themselves, quote unquote, Christians who don't read the Bible. They don't even know what it's all about. They're, they're, they, they couldn't, if I talk them about something, they're like, I don't, I never read that before. I'm like, okay, well... You need, to, you need to read the scriptures. A quick thank you to our show sponsors. Red Rock Leadership, Jeff Ruby, gives us a take-the-lead moment every day, just trying to challenge us as Christ followers to be great leaders that represent him in the workplace. Thanks to Luke, Dave, and Randy from Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. And Eric and Craig Most, our longtime show sponsors from Most Insurance. Find them online at mostins.com. Patrice Sauge with the Nehemiah Project. Welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, good to be with you, my friend. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for your support. Well, I'm just excited that we get to partner all year long next year and really dig out for Tampa Bay and around the world what the Nehemiah Project is all about. But I'm really excited, before we get into our conversation today, I'm really excited just to hear how is Jesus Christ making a difference in your life, Patrice, today, right now? Well, of course, you know, the season is is the, is the, is the memorable one because it is a time of year where Jesus Christ is most in our minds and hearts, uh, because first, the hope and the, and the redemptive power he gives each and every one of us. For me, the difference that Jesus Christ has made in my life right now is the fact that he has just given me a powerful platform for community, the ability to fellowship and engage with people with hope in midst of, you know, threats of terrorism, in midst of even government dysfunction, <laughs> Come even on. in midst of daily business challenges. I have the hope that Jesus Christ 
being my Savior and Redeemer, that all is well in spite of my circumstances. I can see the world with a redemptive perspective, have an assurance of eternity, and not allowing the now to overwhelm me. That's the difference you're making for me, Jim. Well, and I, I love what you just said, because when you start, start talking about despite the political turmoil and all the things going on, I had literally a conversation with two people yesterday who were like, how do you do with it, Jim? I mean, because everything is just falling apart and everything's out of control. And man, we got politicians that are lying to us and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? It, it, we, we've had politicians lying to us since the Romans, you know, when, when the Christ, when Christianity was birthed after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they had politicians that were crooked then too. And, 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 and it's even, been, even worse. Yeah, that's right. Hard to believe, but even worse. You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, as long as we're talking about politicians, I, I heard this, I haven't read all of it, but boy, it sounds like both Republicans and Democrats have voted to fully fund Planned Parenthood again with this spending bill that they're getting ready to vote on tomorrow. That's that's part of the spending bill. And I just, I find that so hard to believe. There's a lot of other things I disagree with in there, but that one's hard to believe. After we know what Planned Parenthood has been doing, that's a tough one. And, and But it's yet it's all of just what you said. I know that my Heavenly Father is in control. I also know what he told John to write in the book of Revelation, that in the end, it's going to be a little rough and a little topsy-turvy, but we win in the end. But the United States of America is not mentioned in Scripture. If anything, it may be Babylon the Great, you know, that gets destroyed in one day. But we're not mentioned. We're not a big-time player. And a lot of Christ followers in America, United States, really struggle with the fact that, hey, how come our country's falling apart? Amen, amen. I mean, and Jim, here's what I'm not shocked. We have to stop. I, I know that for many Americans, I was not born in America. I am an American citizen. I came from a country. I, I was born in Cameroon. I, was, I came to the U.S. I was 11 years old. I come from a country that is, who, that is built, a republic that is built, without any intentionality around a biblical worldview. So from that vantage point, coming from that background, there's no, there's, there's, uh, I don't at all put any hope in government or any human institution. I, I think the reality, and I understand that for many Americans, uh, there's this concern and fear about where we're going as a culture. But remember, America was unique, and anything that's man-made over time veers off. But here's the thing. Veers it off. doesn't matter what the politicians decide. It does not define our values. That's right. But but it's, people really struggle with that, though, Patrice. They think that they do. And we do live in a country that is a, a postmodern culture. It is a post-Christian culture. But the good news is, now that people don't take Christianity for granted anymore, we can actually bring the real Jesus with us to work each and every day w- with the way we can impact our culture, with how we do business, with how we even do church, maybe not even in a church building, because most people aren't going to go into a church building anymore. Amen. 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 Oh. We must learn how do we create community outside of the four walls? How do we interact in the walls of Congress knowing the sin of Congress? How do we be salt and light? I mean, think about William Wilberforce during his time. 
She was part of a government that endorsed slavery. That endorsed slavery in old-time Planned Parenthood. Well, guess what? He had to navigate those halls and be slaughtering life and, and speak to their conscience. We must do the same today. And, and that's a challenge, and that's really what I loved about the challenges that I received in your first course from Biblical Entrepreneurship, the first course, BE1 as you call it. What, what I love is that you just kind of set the playing field for what does it mean to be a biblical entrepreneur. You, you, you set it up so very, very well, but let's, t- let's step back, because when you dropped this challenge down to me a little over two months ago on our show, you're like, okay, Jim, I'm going to give you the first course for free so you can take it so we can have a conversation about it. Now, I do a lot of prep for shows, and I, you know, sometimes people give me a book I got to read, and it takes me four or six hours to read it. This one took a little longer prep time to do. I don't know. I probably have sixteen hours invested in in, in the class, but I really got a, a passion for what you're doing because these are the things that I learned, even in this basic course. Boy, I, I knew many of them already. But I wish at 25 I would have known these things because the first business that Martha and I launched. I wasn't even 20. I was 24. I wish I'd have known those things because it wasn't until I was in my late 30s that I started to understand, wow, my faith matters in how I do business. So it, it's, it is so incredible. Why don't you just give just a little background, though? Where did you, where, where and when did God lay the idea of biblical entrepreneurship, the, which is what the Nehemiah Project is all about? Where, did, where and when did God lay that on your heart? It was uh, 1995. December. I had been a Christian for one year. I had been an entrepreneurship educator, and I was going around the country teaching entrepreneurship at this time to young people. I was doing it uh, through you know, on college campuses in partnership with a group called the National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship. I, I'd come to Christ in 94 December, and that my first year of salvation, I'm, um, I know I'm saved, but I had not yet reconciled between my salvation and the calling or the purpose or the work that I do. At that point, I would like to say I was working my passion, had had not yet discovered a calling. And so passion is great, and it it gives you fuel to, to make a difference. But fuel alone does not get you to your destination. You can have all the energy you want, all the excitement you want. But that alone does not get you there. But passion coupled with calling is directive. It gets you not only where you want to go, it gets you there fast, but it gets you to that such a destination. So passion without calling is, 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 a, is, a, is, is a force of power going nowhere. And that's, that was me. But I come to this men's retreat, and uh, the Lord speaks to me. And the Lord, I'm not sure if any of your listeners have ever had a sense. Sometimes it's an audible voice that one hears. Sometimes it's, a, it's an internal sense of revelation. Sometimes it's an aha. However it happens to any one of us, I felt God spoke to me and said, use entrepreneurship as a tool to empower the body of Christ and seek and save that which is lost. Out of that mandate, Jim, I came down from that mountain. We had a men's retreat in the mountains and came down and felt that there's a calling to develop a curriculum that was intentional about 
discipling people who had a calling for business, a desire for business, or were in business on how to do it in a way that glorifies and honor Christ and advances his agenda. And that's when BE was born. Patrice, biblical entrepreneurship, one, what, who is this class designed for? <clears throat> uh, biblical entrepreneurship, one, Jim, is designed for those individuals who are either in business or looking to start their own businesses or who are in the work world but are wondering, could business be for me? They're not sure because for sure biblical entrepreneurship, one, will help them be a better steward in whatever area of their vocation. And so for those individuals who are saying, you know what, I want to be intentional about how to incorporate my faith into what it is I'm doing. I want to discover how the Lord can use the experiences I've gone through. We call it the wilderness experiences, the trials and the tests that I've gone through for his glory. I want to walk out my calling in the business world. I want to understand a biblical or kingdom worldview when it comes to business. And so in BE1, then, our biblical entrepreneurs 1, they're able to discover that through a series of lessons, first one being a direction to biblical entrepreneurship, where they get the paradigm or the worldview shift of what truly means to be a biblical entrepreneur. All right, so this isn't, this isn't necessarily for an age category. This oh, is, no. This is for, it could be for somebody 25, it could be somebody 65, but it's somebody really, either they're in business and they're trying to figure out how to do how to do business, now that they're a Christ follower, how to do business to glorify the Lord, or, or somebody told them, hey, you, your faith should impact your business, or it's maybe somebody doing, hey, I want to go into business, but I want to do it right, or maybe somebody that goes, I think I want to go into business, and if I do, I want to get it right. So it's really for, you got many different audiences for the Biblical Entrepreneurship Program. Yes, yes. We, we, we actually have a youth version as well. And I have a student for our adult program. Uh, is about uh, 65 years old. Wow. I mean, yeah. So they're really young. That's what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> All right. So, and everybody could find, anybody really interested in finding out about the Biblical Entrepreneurship Program can go out to nehemiahproject.org and find out more information. Are, are, when, and there's how many classes in the whole Biblical Entrepreneurship Program? There's three courses uh, in BE, there's BE1, B2, and B3. Principles, practices, and planning. In principle, they learn about the worldview, and in the principle practice, they learn about the mechanics. And in planning, they get a chance to put together a complete, what we call a kingdom-based business plan. They learn now they put all the things they've learned into an integrated plan to look at how they can, now, can execute it. As a matter of fact, I'm right now in Orlando, Jim, and we yesterday had a business plan competition where we had four businesses that have just gone through the training, who completed it, and who presented their business plans. And uh, there was a construction company. There was a a uh, a, 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 a studio, I call it a gym, a, a workout gym. Uh, there was a um, a, uh, a coffee shop, and then the fourth one was a, a, a broker dealer. And those four companies. Uh, presented their plans, and the construction company won. They were identified as the as the having the best integrated business plan. Who now will go on and uh, pre- dis- uh, present against other cities and other states 
And if they win that, they will represent the United States at our 2016 International Business Plan competition. I love the way you just said that, though, integrated business plans. So you're talking about a business plan that has fully integrated their faith in Christ into their business plan so that from, from one end to the other. And, and so you've got biblical entrepreneurship competitions really where people have gone through all three classes they've come together with their with their with their business plan you've got classes like that going on all over the country oh that's right and all over the world uh and and people might say well patrice i've been in business for 10 20 years why should i do this well here's here's the difference have you ever gotten up for 10 minutes and made a case for, for for your kingdom company and 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 illustrated how both your idea conception your personal story, and the execution of your business ties in with the kingdom impact and how you do it profitably. It's about an integrated approach. And so, and, and so we have a panel of judges that you got to get up and make that case. And you got to evaluate it only based on your ability to make a profit, no on the value of the idea, but you also evaluate it based upon the, the, the kingdom impact that your business is going to make and how well it's done in integration. So the company that won, for instance, they've been in business for since 2008. Uh, they're doing about $5 million right now. They're projected $11 million by, by, within 2020, you know. And so so these are viable, sizable companies. But but what appeals to them is the owners going through a process with their coach on how to really make this thing integrated. And then they'll compete against France and against Malaysia, against uh, Haiti, against uh, England, uh, against Mexico, Australia, against other kingdom entrepreneurs in other parts of the world. Well, and what's the grand prize? Okay, so they're all competing for the most integrated plan. What's the grand prize? The grand prize is $5,000. Okay, so, so it's, it's not sizable. Of, well, yeah, so it's not a lot of money, but they, and they're not doing it for that. So it's $5,000. The second place gets $3,000, typically gets $2,000. And everyone gets $1,000 for, for at least uh, being a, a nominee from their country. But then that whoever wins, if they do need capital, we are setting up a venture capital fund where they'll be considered to be invested in. Now, that, now it's not an automatic. So the, so the investment will review their plan. And if it's uh, viable and, and, and has a clear return on investment for investors, uh, then they will invest in it. Well, what I loved about what you said is that you gave them 10 minutes. And most business owners – can't explain anything in 10 minutes, and not only to be able to do 10 minutes with a business plan, but to talk about the biblical impact, the kingdom impact with their business. That's incredible. Hey, we're talking with Patrice Saulgate. Oh, I remembered. Martha texted me saying that if you want to sign up to win that wow brick, you got to go out to our Facebook page and and look at the picture of us. And Martha said they you need to like our Facebook page underneath my elbow. But underneath, you enter the contest underneath my knee. And I don't understand what all that means, but I trust my wife. So you need to do this. This is like a $600 of the CDs to give away. It's incredible. Hey, we're talking with Patrice Saugay today. He's from the Nehemiah Project. The Lord laid on his heart many, many moon ago that, listen, Christ followers need to understand how to incorporate their faith to have a fully integrated business plan, as you said in the last segment, Patrice. What I loved about... Biblical Entrepreneurship 1, the first course, I loved the flexibility. I mean, I really did. I could, I'm doing it on my computer. I could watch videos. I could read the PowerPoint myself. I could do it on my iPad. I could do it on my computer. I could do it on my phone. I loved that flexibility. That was very, very cool. 
Well, a number of people, Jim, um, <clears throat> around the country, even around the world, actually, are able to enjoy it that way uh, because business people are busy. Yeah, they, that's for and, sure. You know, and so they need that flexibility. Even though our live class experience is the best by far, but the, the online class experience does provide that wonderful attribute of flexibility. And then the good thing is that if you've done it online, you can then also attend a live class anywhere around the country at no additional cost. Well, and I, and I can see where the interaction in a live class, we've got a bunch of other business people who are studying this at the same time, would be very, very valuable. But for some people who have limited resources and, and don't have the ability to travel, you know, except if they live here in Tampa Bay, they could travel over to Orlando pretty easily for one of these. That was really cool. You know, I really loved the fact that you broke out very much in detail what a kingdom business was. I loved your example in there on identifying opportunities when the timing of God meets preparation. I think that is probably the most powerful concept I got out of BE1, and you had said it before, but I really, really resonated with me when the timing of God meets preparation. And that's when you look at the example, okay, 40 years at the end of Moses' time in the, in the desert with the sheep, the timing of God meets preparation. It took 40 years to prepare Moses, for God to prepare Moses to do what he needed to do. 13 years for Joseph, you know, 25 or 30 years for Abraham. I mean, all that timing of God meets preparation so that we can identify those opportunities. I love that. I loved the biblical examples throughout. I loved the vocabulary. There's vocabulary lessons at the end of every chapter, giving you definitions, helping you understand that. I loved that. That was really cool. And I loved the constant examples of a biblical entrepreneur versus a secular entrepreneur. These charts that lay it out. Here's how a biblical entrepreneur would act, and here's how a secular uh, entrepreneur would act. And I say it on the show all the time, where if you're a Christ follower and you run a business, your business, even if you've got a competitor right next door that does exactly the same thing, your business should be decidedly different. It should Amen. look and feel different. The experience should be different. And, 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 I, and I loved how you guys lay that out. And the review and homework after each chapter, it was very refreshing. I, I really enjoyed the whole experience. Well, I'm glad you did, Jim. We hope you would. We, we believe so bad in it that we do give a 100% money-back guarantee for anyone who goes to the training and for whatever reason. It does not meet their expectation. No questions asked. All they have to do is finish the entire course, send us a letter, and we'll give them money by guarantee. And by the way, they can keep the book. You know, so, so, so Jim, if you would have liked it, we would have given you money back. Yeah, I didn't pay anything. Remember, you gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was no – so from my vantage point, there, there was definitely no risk there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, what, I, what I love the fact is that you started off with a whole chapter – on the biblical entrepreneur attitude. I mean, that's that's just powerful because attitude really does impact a lot. And I just, I just love chapter two is all about the biblical entrepreneur attitude. Why did you focus a whole chapter just on attitude? Oh, my goodness. I mean, Romans 12 that teaches us that we, we, that we are not to conform to this world, but to, to, to be renewed by the... But, but to be renewed, our mind. And, and so when you when you think about attitude, it's about changing our mindset. It's about doing away with our current thoughts and embracing new thinking, because that's what shifts our attitude. Our attitude is the way we carry ourselves and behave, and it is 
directly in proportion to the information that we have in our hearts and our minds. So we dedicate a whole chapter there because no matter how great our character, no matter how great our understanding of business, if our mindset is not renewed, if our attitude is not proper, if we're not carrying ourselves the way it's appropriate, then we will not be elevated. You know, I mean, and let me tell you how powerful that is, Jim. As you remember in the lesson, the attitude, we, we, we give about five characteristics to the attitude of a biblical entrepreneur. Meekness, which we define as power and the control. Humility, which define as a, 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 a complete submission to God and recognizing that everything we are and what we have comes from him. Obedience, conforming to the known will of God. And so meekness, humility, obedience, compassion, which is Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmity. So, so it's not mercy. It's not pity, sorry, but it's mercy moves to action. And then lastly, service, which is being, being, uh, being convicted, moving with conviction to put your needs, to put the needs of others before your own. So, which, so our, our aim is that if we can get entrepreneurs to kind of um, put these characteristics, walk in these characteristics, walk in meekness, walk in compassion, walk in service, walk in humility, walk in obedience, and that be their mindset, I mean, there's really nothing that they cannot realize. Uh, it's so, it, I, an attitude is so important, and teaching really teaching all of us, but teaching younger people to the importance of understanding attitude. And, you know, I was one of those great guys who my attitude was really often not where it should have been as a, I still struggle with it today. Certainly when I'm tired, my attitude is definitely down and out, but it, it is, it is tough to fight the, the temptation to be glass half empty versus glass half full. But, but I loved the, the impact of you, you in your chapter on attitude, it gave people, Hey, here is what you should be aiming for within the biblical entrepreneur attitude. All right, so let's talk about the money changer versus a biblical entrepreneur. Why do you use the example of a money changer as a comparison to the opposite, which is a biblical entrepreneur? Well, first of all, all of us have heard that scripture, right? The, the, you know, Jesus kicked the money changer out of the church. I mean, we're all familiar with that concept. And what we, what, we, what we try to do in BE, in Biblical Entrepreneurship, is to take um, passages, commonly quoted passages, passages that we all hear uh, about, and draw the business lesson out of it. Because, see, Jewish people are business people. They're tradesmen, right? They're entrepreneurs. And so, Jesus, the Bible is written out of a Jewish culture. Right? right, I mean, because the, these were these were Jews, and so these were entrepreneurs, and so that's the culture that we're in. But what we often miss in the scripture is that Jesus used uh, commercial or marketplace lingo, if you will, to get his point across. So in this particular case, here you've got a system that had been established for a long time, where individuals who who were coming for sacrifice who 
um, if they had, didn't have the time or uh, the, in some cases, the energy, because you had to, to carry those sacrificial goods, you know, up to the temple, that there would there were a money changing system, which was not inherently evil or wrong. No, business, business isn't business isn't inherently right or wrong. But what I loved, well, but I loved about the conversation on the money changers to identify the fact that it, you really understand based on how people when you watch people do conduct business, you can tell where their heart is based on are they focused on the transaction and on the money, or are they focused on the impact that they're making on that person? And there, there's bingo, a, bingo, you got it. And that's the Jesus' point. A money changer is one whose heart is for the money or the profit versus on the person or the purpose. All right, so let's talk and, about... And by the way, Jim, let me say this. Um, it, it, we don't start out kind of like say, hey, I'm a money changer. I'm going to go out there and, and, and hurt people. Most of us start out well-meaning. Oh, yeah. Most but people start a business the, because they want to make a difference. You got it. But over time, right, between money, power, and struggle, right, we lose our way because we're not intentional. Mm. And, and that's what you're talking about. You, When you're talking about business plans that people come out with at the end of the biblical entrepreneurship program, they're intentional and they're integrated. That, I mean, and that's, and that's really a cool thing. So let's talk about identifying opportunities because I said that, that line— Opportunity is recognizing God's timing when God's timing meets preparation. How did that get revealed to you? To be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Because, uh, you know, the, the, as you, whenever your revelation it comes in strange ways, right? I mean, you're in prayer, uh, you, you, you're stuck somewhere, right? <laughs> you're in church, and, and the, the pastor's preaching on revelation, the end times, and God speaks to you out of Genesis. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like left field. So what but, does it mean? So I answer the question then, what does it mean to you? Yeah, this is, okay, let me answer that one. Well, first of all, as you know, that entre- entrepreneurs are chasers, right? You know, it's about chasing the opportunity. I mean, you know, before most of us knew the Lord or before we were really walked walk our faith, you know, we chased everything. You know, we we, you know, we went from mark, network marketing meeting to meetings, or business from business to business. We chase things, right? We we and so we chase this. So an opportunity for many of us is what we chase, is what we go after, is what we we're driven to, is what we look for. But but here's the thing, God, you know, for God, it's about thinking, looking at things upside down. But for God, it's not what you go after, it's what you prepare for. Now, for those entrepreneurs in the audience, when I say opportunity is what you prepare for, there's almost a relief that comes to your heart. And for those of us, Jim, who are still struggling, there's a what? There's almost like, it can't be true, because I'm so drugged in, I'm, I'm, I like the high of the chase. Patrice, how do people get signed up for this? And and can they start right away in January? Or are there, when when's the next class start? It depends on which city and which country you're in. Um, I think the best thing to do, Jim, is visit our website, www.nehemiahproject.org, www.nehemiahproject.org. And, and on the website, there's a list of classes that happen all over the world and their locations and time. And, and then if you want to do it immediately, you can do it online. 
Um, and then you can also just fill out, uh, get our newsletter, and you're able to keep posting in terms of the, the upcoming classes coming up. The other thing is, I'm in Orlando. I'll be in Orlando till the new year. We're doing Christmas in Orlando this year. By the way, I tell you, I mean, I'm here and it's hot. And <laughs> yes, I'm like, it wow, is. I cannot believe it's December. So uh, you guys just, just, it's, it's, I mean. It's, just wait till uh, tomorrow, my friend. <laughs> just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> You're living the dream here. But on, on October, on December, sorry, 28th and 29th, we are doing a class here in Orlando for those who are interested. Jim, it's not a biblical entrepreneurship class, however. It's something just as good, and in some cases, even better. This is my favorite class. It's called Purpose and Profitability. Purpose and profitability, Patrice. I got yeah. I got to end you there because we're out of time. Next month we'll deal. We'll get. We'll dig even deeper. We're talking today with Patrice Saugay for the Nehemiah Project. Patrice, thanks so much for your passion for biblical entrepreneurship. Sorry that I had to cut you off, but we got to be done. But thank you so much for That's what you're doing, right. impacting the kingdom. Merry Christmas to you, and and really enjoy Orlando. And if you get over to the beach, you know, make sure you look me up. I'm just south of Clearwater. I try to do that. All right, Patrice Saugay with the Nehemiah Project. Thank you, sir. All right, well, as we come to the end of another. I work for him show. I really hope that you he got challenged a little bit there. And, and I, I'm talking about biblical entrepreneurship, all of us need to understand this because we work in environments that are so challenging. But you know, go out to iworkforhim.com tonight and make that commitment to start making a difference on your workplace, whether you're the boss or not. I work for him nation. Join up tonight. Hey, thanks so much, Dace Andrews did a great job today. Hey, what did you learn today and how we could take this city for Jesus Christ? What did you learn? today a lot about our faith and how it can impact our workplace. We learned how to be intentional, not only with our attitudes, but our actions. We learned just a little bit about this program called Biblical Entrepreneurship by the Nehemiah Project. Find them online at nehemiahproject.org. I am telling you, I spent about 16 hours going through this first class. I could have taken 32, but I was just trying to get a real great feel for it, the impact it would make on my own business. Because Martha and I are in business. It's trust services. And every day we're, we're asking, Lord, how can we give glory to you with what we do? How can we be intentional in integrating our faith into our workplace? And that matters whether I'm the boss or whether I'm the employee. We need to ask that question. If we're going to impact this city, if we're going to take this city for Jesus Christ, we've got to start by asking the Lord, how can I make an impact today? You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't have this all figured out, but one thing I do know, I work for him.